Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Vogue Bike Podcast. What we want to talk about today is our top three mistakes that we've made in the past season. So even though we've both trained and raced quite a lot, as we continue to develop as cyclists, we're still going to make missteps during the year. And sometimes it comes from trying new things that didn't work or forgetting things that worked and just doing something different. So we kind of were kicking this idea around and like, hey, let's just go record this and, and hopefully this helps you maybe even think of your own mistakes that you can course correct for the next season. So Landry, why don't you kick it off with uh, your first one or if you have anything else you want to add to the intro? Yeah, I don't know. I think you pretty much covered it. So just hopefully, I mean, maybe some of you have also made mistakes like this or something along similar lines or I think sometimes it's refreshing to hear kind of a <laughs> an opinion of somebody else of mistakes they've made and realize that not even a coach is perfect. Um, in fact, we make pretty dumb mistakes sometimes. So Ones. there's there's always a mistake. So yeah. All right. Number so one, what's your first one? My first one is to not compare myself to other people. So I uh, was comparing myself to you <laughs> when you were doing mega 30 hour weeks and i'm like ah and i gotta keep up with brendan i can't let him show me up so i just kind of started riding for the sake of riding and just to try to keep up with you and of course it was futile because i never would be able to um probably just like did too much too soon and rode myself into the ground basically and by the time i got to july even kind of starting in june i just didn't feel good for the whole rest of the season. I was just really low on energy, low on motivation. Didn't feel like doing intervals. And I like lost a bunch of weight on accident, basically. And yeah, I was just destroyed pretty much. So that's what I was going to ask you. What were some of the red flags? Like lost motivation, didn't want to go hard. Like any, what did, was there any point where you started to think like this is a bad idea, but kept going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was it, it was so hard because I was originally going to take a break in May and then I changed my race calendar, decided to fly back to Colorado to get to do a race. So I was I was going to do a mid-season break in May that I was really ready for. And then I was like, oh, I got this race in three weeks, so I guess I'll keep training. And so I just didn't end up taking that break. And I just got I fell into the trap of just wanting to ride more and feeling like I had to hit a certain target every single week. Um, just like totally arbitrary, even though I knew I probably needed to take a break, but I think probably the biggest red flag is just like low motivation and just like not when you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, I really don't feel like doing these intervals or even, even like endurance rides where it was like, it got worse and worse, but it was to the point where I just didn't even feel like, riding like even two hours just mm. felt like a lot it was crazy isn't that funny you lose the motivation to ride but then you ride too much still like how how obsessive can we be about cycling that it's like i don't really want to ride but i'm gonna go ride three hours yeah it's crazy oh man so that's a really good one and my first one actually was slightly similar but not falling into the trap of just riding how you want. 
And for me, that was mega miles, too many mega miles. And I think that I actually just put out a newsletter post amusing about finding the right dose of training and volume is very important for cycling and can help us all get faster. And I think in recent years, volume has been sort of put up on this pedestal by a lot of different people. And I really think I first started seeing or thinking more about it when Thibaut Pino put out his training all the training they did and how he grew through mm-hmm. uh, different amounts of volume. And really when COVID hit 2020 was the first year I hit a thousand hours. And I was like, Ooh, the mega in me was like, Oh man, this is a neck. This is a new level. I had done 850 before. And so then I wanted to keep repeating that. And I wanted to keep similar to what you're saying, riding too much. Um, so it is very similar to your first one. And riding miles for the sake of miles. And even though I caught myself at certain times being in the mindset of, am I riding for Strava or am I riding to get faster? And here was my problem, though. I was riding because I like riding far and I didn't outline my goals well enough and specifically enough to make me stick to them because I could then default and say, well, this this volume is really good. Everyone's talking about volumes. I'm just going to do more, and this is going to make me a good bike racer. And so, since I didn't have the goals, maybe maybe not firmly set as the right way to say it, but number one, I was trying to self coach, and number two, it was not how do I go from A to B. It was here's A where I'm at. Here's nationals, and I'm just going to ride a lot. And I had a similar thing and I can remember exactly when it was when I got to France and I was supposed to go do a workout and I had zero desire to even do over-unders. And I like doing those. I had no, no possibility of doing, I couldn't hit VO2 max numbers. And I knew this and I said, just go burn some KJs, just go ride. It's going to be okay. And this actually kind of weaves into one of my third my third reply so I'll leave this for that but I was not training properly and I had no one looking over my shoulder to say what are you doing man like why are you just drilling yourself into the ground so rode too way too much and I would also liken this to when I went back to grad school I fell on the trap of just riding how I wanted All I did was threshold stuff because it felt good. I felt like I was accomplishing something. I wasn't racing as much. And I was just like, I'm just going to go do four by 10. I'm going to go do four by eight and just kind of stop training. And so I think losing that focus is just obviously never effective if you want to try to become the best version of yourself on the bike. So yeah, don't fall in the trap of just riding how you want. Make sure you set a plan and have someone, whether it's a coach or a training buddy, help you stick stay accountable. It's easier during the season, but I think it's very it's much more difficult towards the end of the season and then when you're in the base period of the season. I see people screw up base miles so much. And even dude, I love that you were you right on my calendar weekend one. Hey, no cove yet. I'm like, oh, I know that's the right answer. I know it's the right thing. I feel great. And I'm glad I'm not doing it yet. And it's just like, it's building that hunger and yeah. So, all right. Your, any thoughts on that or go on to your number two? Yeah, I think, I don't know. Maybe some of the things you stood out to me is if you don't, 
feel like doing intensity or like a hard workout that's that's a telltale sign that like you're probably riding too much or too hard on your endurance rides mm. because it like i think your body has a negative feedback loop it's very subtle but where even just your motivation to do something will decline if you're doing too much like even if you don't feel tired it's almost like if you if you're bursting with energy because you've not been riding or you've been riding the right amount you're ready to smash those intervals but if you just don't feel like doing the hard work mm-hmm. there's a good chance that you might actually just be riding too much even if on the surface it doesn't feel like you're tired and i've told this to people sometimes you don't realize how badly you need the rest until you actually take it like you get used to feeling tired to the point where you think you feel good and then you but you actually don't <laughs> mm-hmm. and i think even look at i didn't think to mention this like look at off the bike signs of like libido your sex drive your bedtimes the amount that you're sleeping how you're sleeping if i'm training too much uh two different times where i've like been borderline riding too much i would wake up at crazy early hours like 2 a.m and have a really hard time falling back asleep and got in this crazy loop of like six hours of sleep and i was like what is going on so i like backed off the hours like i don't know what was happening but it definitely was not positive so yeah look at other signs in life Mm -hmm. that might just say hey something's up yeah number two number two um this is something I've been thinking a lot about doing some research on and kind of looking at some other fast guys on Strava and just doing some critical thinking. And even if you haven't listened to the Calorify podcast, kind of some stuff that got me thinking about this, but riding easier in zone two. So mm-hmm. I fell in the trap of especially riding on the trainer. It's super easy to do as many watts as you want. So the temptation is, I get on the trainer. It's like, oh, I want to do a ton of KJs today. I'm going to ride at 75% of FTP the whole time. And it's so easy to do that. And that's what I did the whole winter. And I wore myself out more than I needed to. And I think I paid for that in the summer. So I could have ridden 60, 65% of FTP the whole winter, gotten the same benefit, if not more benefit. Mm. And I would have had more energy for the whole year. I would have been just as fast, probably maybe even faster, and I wouldn't have burnt out. And I think pegging it at the top end of zone two, I think there's a place for it, but it's not something you should be doing all the time because you're just burning more matches than you need to. Um, if you do four hours on the bike at 63% of FTP versus four hours on the bike at 75 you're not going to see physiologically any greater benefit. And we've heard people like some of the guys you brought in in the podcast even say this, but you're not going to see most likely any greater fitness benefit. You're just wearing yourself out more. Mm -hmm. And it's tempting to want to chase that number and to have it look cool on Strava or to have a really cool high average power. But if you think about what's physiologically going on, um, it's just important to kind of keep a cap on it. You shouldn't feel like you're, forcing it with zone two you shouldn't feel like you're having it shouldn't feel like an interval you shouldn't feel like you're having to stare down and peg it at a certain power you should be keeping it steady and within the zone but you should be able to ride without looking at your garmin and kind of just check on it every minute or so without 
feeling like you have to peg it at a certain number because if it feels like you're forcing it, there's a good chance you might actually be creeping above into tempo zone um, because your RP is going to increase dramatically once you get above that zone too. So I actually hopefully coming out on a blog kind of on this topic, but that's uh, just something that I've been thinking about is riding easier in zone two. I love that. And it's something that I still continually have to, I, I can't do 75% all the time. I mean, I think that's one thing I'm trying to think who was on the podcast talking about. Uh, it's not a podcast. It's not out yet, actually. But I did post a preview. So Riley Pickerel, uh, sprinter from Israel Premier Tech, was talking about, God, who's his friend? Who's the, I'm going to blank on this guy's name, huge, big guy, like 450 FTP. And he started talking about, you know, as riders FTP gets higher and your zones get bigger, for me to ride at 75%, it would be over 300 watts. That's mm-hmm. going to just wreck me if I'm trying to do that for four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So that is just not even is not sustainable. The first mm-hmm. time I had a ride from a coach and it said ride 65 to 80%, is it 60 or 70 to 80% for four and a half hours. So, you know, I had a new coach. I was like, oh, I'm going to go crush this. I'm going to go for 80%. I'm going to average 320. I was dying. Like my heart rate was like almost low VO2 max. And I finished it and I said, man, that was so difficult. He said, oh, I'm really sorry. That's the zone, not your average target, which is a basic thing. But I think we should spell that out. If it says ride 60 to 70% of TP, that means don't average 70. Like your average is going to be in the middle somewhere because you're trying to keep it in that band. Don't be riding at 78% on that day when it says 70%. So, mm-hmm. and if you don't, if you don't believe that, ask your coach for clarification because it's really important. And I think another way of saying it, I really like to use RPE on Z2 rides. And now that you see a lot more of my rides, there's some that are, excuse me for a second, drinking too much bubbly water. Um, some that are at 270 watts, some that are at 250 watts. Some days if I'm tired, it might be 240 watts. It's all going to get me to the same place. And I think even that variety is nice. And having those days where it says low zone two, don't have to think about it as much. It's like, okay, don't go too slow, but don't ever be gritting your teeth unless there's a reason why. Maybe your coach has you going for like KJs one day for like that type of workout. But yeah, on a bread and butter endurance ride, just mm-hmm. like Landry said, don't be killing yourself like it's an interval. And I, one of the first articles I wrote was talking about too much tempo. And that's when I, uh, I think that's when I had, I can't remember now. It's been such a long time since the article. Um, I really think it was when I was aggravating my hip flexor because I was just pushing 350 Watts all the time, not realizing the damage I was doing. And then do you notice that in three weeks time? No, probably not. But I noticed after 12 weeks, just like way too much tempo riding. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one. Um, you actually had a good segue into my second one. You had mentioned don't have a good average for Strava. And that can be very, I think we all need to disconnect from Strava. Cole Patton, who was on the podcast, talked about how, I think I don't know if he's off or if he took a break. Mine is ignore social media when goal planning. It's so easy to see every race and what everyone else is doing. It's extremely easy for me to get FOMO thinking, 
Oh man, I, I, and the one that always comes into my mind, and I almost feel like I need to apologize to the Gravel Worlds guys. Twice I've said, I'm, I'm coming to that race. That was a far drive when I lived in Memphis. Now I truly live on the East Coast. That is a very far drive. And I get FOMO seeing postings that like Reg is open, come back, and I have unfinished business there. I missed the podium by two places. And it makes it easy for me to stray from my plan as races come out and I craft things together. Then I see someone posting, hey, we're going to this race. Like, oh, man, set my goals, create the path and go execute them. I can't do every race. And I have realized this year one reason why this has become something that I've never dealt with before. When I lived in Rochester, New York, I wasn't worried about races in North Carolina or Florida because I never lived there. But now I worry about races in Rochester, in Buffalo, (laughs) in upstate New York, in Vermont, and then down in North Carolina and what's going on in Virginia and what's going on there. And then what are people doing in Florida? And what about in Georgia? What's top you doing? And then like the other random races from when I raced for DNA out of Oklahoma city, it's like, dude, you can't cover half a country, pick the races you want to do well in and focus on those and go execute them. And I think really that's another reason. I said it a million times, have a training buddy, someone that you can talk to from the beginning of the season who knows what you're trying to do. Don't get sucked into snapshot coaching. I'm going on a tangent here, but where it's like, hey, I have X, Y, and Z in one week. What should I do? If someone hasn't been following where you've been, it's going to be hard for them to tell you where to go. So start those conversations early with a friend Mm -hmm. if you can't get a coach. Yeah, totally. I think it's really important to have to outline your goals for the season as early as you can and already have like pick out 10, 15 races that you really want to do and like just focus on those and focus on doing those well. And I think if I think about kind of the years that I was the most motivated or even got the best results, it was always when I had that big early season race that just kept me motivated the whole winter. So for me, it was Tour of the Gila in New Mexico for many years. And that was always, I was so excited for that race. And it was in April. So that just kept me motivated to push the whole winter and to just be totally focused. Um, and this year, I've, I'm planning on doing Croatan Buck 50 in March. So I'm already getting excited for that. And um, I think if you don't, this happened during COVID and when I was in grad school, didn't really have a lot of money to go to races and was new to the East coast. I didn't really know what races were going on. It was really hard to get motivated to do specific. I didn't know what to train for because I didn't know exactly what kind of races I was going to be doing. And it was hard to just figure out how, what I was even trying to do with training. Um, so just having like those hard set goals will really help you to dial in exactly what you need to do to get ready and stay committed. I want to add a tan- I want to add a comment to that too of now that living in Florida people my first race is the first week in February which is crazy it's like so nuts um understand and be honest with yourself where does that race stack up maybe it is the first maybe it's a big race for you for me it's not I want to go race it's a race I've wanted to go do through top view for the past two years and for various reasons I haven't been able to get to it but it's not if I go and I am just okay, that's okay. And I need to have, like, I'm not trying to be ripping. I want to go race and have some fitness for sure. And fortunate to ride a lot that 
I don't think that would be a problem. But if I go and someone absolutely destroys me, I can't be disappointed because the bigger races for me aren't until May. I'm going to probably, hopefully, go to Pronats. And if I could get a top 20 there, I would be elated, over the moon. So, like, February, just, you know, if, if you don't have an early season big goal, just be realistic with where that mm-hmm. truly lies for you. Mm-hmm. Trace, number three, what you got? Did you do your number two? No, I did I, I did number two, my social media one, goal plan. Oh, okay, we're on number three, all right. Uh, yeah, so for me, big one was to work on weaknesses year-round. So mm. I usually spend a lot of time in the winter building a base, but also working on weaknesses to set myself up. I've always, I can't remember who said this, but it was like during the winter, you want to work on your limiters and during the season you want to hone your strengths or you want to train specifically for whatever races you're doing. So the winter when you don't have any races is a really good time to work on your limiters. I made the mistake of not maintaining those limiters or at least touching on them throughout the year. So for me, a big weakness for me is strength. So strength in the gym. And then also I find that torque training is really effective. So I know when I do that in the winter, I get to the spring, I just feel insane. And then I transition into high intensity because I'm trying to get ready for races. So that's when I start doing the VO2 max over unders, all that stuff. The problem is, is I neglected the low cadence training and maybe also riding a little bit too much, maybe could have, maybe could have stood to not ride as much and even do a little bit more in the gym than what I was doing. I kind of scaled it down to like one day per week. I do wonder if I had stuck with two days a week year round in the gym and maybe just ridden a little bit less, I probably would have been better off, but making sure that you're hitting those weaknesses year round, because you will lose them if you don't work on them. So if your weakness is sprinting, and you improved a lot over the winter, you have to keep training it. You can't just get caught up in doing whatever else you need to do to get ready for your races because you'll lose everything that you built in the winter. So strength if it's strength training, you need to lift year-round. If it's sprinting, if it's your if it's your endurance, big mistake people make is if they're racing every weekend, they don't make the time to maintain their base and have a week where they just do big base miles. Um so just work on your weaknesses year round um, and, and hone your strengths. That's a really good one. I love that. And I think it is the strength is, you know, more and more people are realizing the benefits of strength work, but then it's like, well, I'm just going to do it for three months. It's like, well, okay, use it or lose it. You're like, is it even worth it then, you know? And I always felt like I was sort of taught to just lift for a few months And I always felt so good early on. And then it was just intervals and riding. And by June, I was definitely not as strong of a cyclist. And so that was going to be my biggest thing with you of saying, hey, Brennan, you're not riding for four hours on Tuesday. You can ride for three hours, but you have to go to the gym. And so just and yeah, the the mental freshness side of that is just huge. Um, That's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's so tough. I get I always find I get to spring. And I just the weather gets nice and I just want to ride so much, especially uh up in the mountains in North Carolina. You just want to go out and ride all day. But I think I'm better off 
riding maybe one or two hours less and just using that time in the gym, I think it would. A hundred percent, especially if it's good. I have to remind myself, I want to ride, but I also want to be strong when I ride. And so if I lift, I mean, that's, I had a couple rides where I just went out and did, it was kind of like a Drake dual ride, just sort of crushing all the climbs. And I was just riding a lot at 340 to 370. And if I don't have strength working, my body's just not going to be able to handle that. So the, the actual physical load of pedaling raw mm-hmm. watts over and over and over again. It's not just riding. Get mm-hmm. make make muscle, be strong, and you'll ride harder for longer. Yeah, the contrast is huge. I had over the summer, I lost so much strength, and it was crazy the contrast between when I still felt pretty strong in like April and May to the way I felt in August, it was like, I could not pedal a bike when you and me were in that breakaway at yeah. uh, Blue Ridge brutal. It was like, I could not put out any power unless I got out of the saddle. Like I was just so weak. Oh, that's not a good feeling. Hey, le- lesson learned and kind of uh, a good segue into my number three which is actually going to segue into another podcast that we're going to post down the road. Train hard. Right now, there is an overhype of zone two and aerobic training. And I think I'll touch on it briefly, but I want I don't want to hit every point because I think it deserves a podcast on its own. And this relates to my first one. I ended up, and you know, if you if you're new to evoke or whatever. There were just things going on in my life where I was like, you know, I don't even know if I want to race. I don't know where this falls in in my life. My goals are, I don't know if I really care about them. And so that's one reason why I fell into this just ride mega. And I thought that that would make me happy. And I realized that it didn't. I'm, gl- I'm glad I did it because it really helped me refocus and remotivate. But I also in the back of my head was thinking, I'm not going to call it anybody, but there's some big thought leaders who are like, it's just zone two, ride zone two. All you need is zone two. It's an aerobic sport. All you got to do is aerobic stuff. And I've always preached aerobic fitness, but have always been saying, yeah, but you need to go hard. You need to do, I believe in threshold intervals. I believe in VO2 max training. I believe in anaerobic capacity training. And even if everybody doesn't need that anaerobic training, they need to hit on it. And I believe in group rides. I believe in racing a lot. That's a lot of not zone two stuff. But now there's so much hype from people on the internet. And there's a bunch of reasons why that will go into the next podcast. But all you need to know is you need to train hard. And I posted that video maybe a month ago, two months ago of why you need to train over 130% FTP. And so there's that. Um, I think I want to add... Well, I'll leave it at that. Do you have any comments on that? And then I have a bonus one that I want to add because I think it's applicable to the off season. I think, well, I think I do have more comments, but I think we'll save them for the, okay, save the zone them. two podcast. The, my bonus mistake is remind, it's more of a reminder actually that I've made this error before and I caught myself doing it actually just a maybe like a week and a half ago. The energy for lifting shifts week to week and day to day. And while I had even said in this podcast, hey, some days I ride at 270, some days I ride at 240. Sometimes I go to the gym and I say, oh, I'm overhead pressing 70 pounds last week. Hey, guys, don't laugh. 
I'm overhead pressing 70 pounds. So I have to do 70 today. Oh, this feels kind of heavy. Maybe I should stop at seven reps. No, I usually do 10. I'm going to do 10. And I like my back, just something was like, Ooh, I don't really like this. It's kind of irritating. I'm like just, just lift the weights. <laughs> and then a day later, I was like, Oh, I really like, I definitely did something to that. It was stupid. Don't try to always lift the same weight. Use RPE. Use your brain. We are not bodybuilders. We are cyclists that are strength training. Just be smart and less is more many times. So I'll leave it at that. Any quick comments on that one? And we'll wrap this one up. Yeah. I mean, doing <laughs> shoulder press at 70 versus 60 is probably not going to screw your next race. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're listening on the audio version, please leave us a five-star review. If you're on YouTube, join the memberships and subscribe to the channel. And feel free to shoot us an email if you have questions about training, Landry at evoke.bike and Brendan at evoke.bike. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. See ya.